0: How do he do has given both Florina and i to to parent these kids and the patience and strength uh, that he gave us as well, for example, Samuel <laughs> I love my son, but when i think <laughs> when, I th- when I think of Samuel 's early years particularly, I do sometimes wonder how with having me as a father with all of my i, I was not good. I made lots and lots of mistakes. But with his go, 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 never stop nature, I don't even know how he made it to his teenage years, to be perfectly honest. By the time this kid was 13, he had broken more bones, had more stitches, had bruises and cuts, more than if you took a whole school to Mount Hotham for five weeks and said, do whatever you want to. You know? It was amazing. He had so many things that were broken. At home, we still have a piece of molten pink plastic that pink plastic used to be a a kid's cricket bat and one morning I came out to find Samuel all two years old and totally naked in front of the gas fire with a little glass heater with the flames going and standing with the plastic back on it with the molten plastic doing this playing fireman and Sam right (laughs) and now he so, another one. I another time we went to the Grampians, and he was four years old, and we're walking through the Grampians, and he says, "I'm going to run ahead, Dad." And like a great father, I said, "Yeah, that's a good idea." In the Grampians, and so we get to a clearing, and when I get to the clearing, here's Samuel standing on the edge of a cliff, and I thought, oh, it "Can't be that bad." And so, I very calmly, said, "Oh, Samuel, come and come to Daddy." And so he came. I went across. He was standing literally on the edge of nothing and I'm talking hundreds and hundreds of meter uh, drop and so only by the grace of God does that young boy uh, get married to live and still be here on this earth at this stage. Um, So I testify to uh, God's great deal. The other deal is I'm still very unsure when I know that Samuel's now part of the leadership team in youth, whether that's uh, mercy and grace from God or if it's malpractice on behalf of the church, (laughs) but that's another issue uh, in itself. I am acutely aware this morning, acutely aware, that for some of you, Father's Day is very, very difficult indeed, for one reason or another. It may be that this year you've lost your father. It may be that you're estranged from your father. It may be that there has been divorce in your family and as a father that's affecting you or as the children that's affecting you as well. You might be like me and lost your father when you are a kid and you never really got to know that father. So Father's Day comes and It's not really weird, you're sort of used to it, but you wonder what it would have been like uh, to have a father too. And for some, I know it is so painful, and I even know that's happened this morning, that some people are not able to come to church even on Father's Day because of the difficulty of being in this situation. You know, quite often on Father's Day, a sermon will go down the track of uh, giving valuable insights and instructions to fathers to remind us how we can be godly fathers for our kids and for our family. And there's wonderful, wonderful verses that we can use um, talking about um, God's commandments and, you know, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads and write them on the door frames of your house. Wonderful stuff. And then there's some other things that help us out of Ephesians 6.4. Fathers, don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And then in Colossians 3.21 we read, Fathers, don't embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Now all of these verses have got tremendous instruction and we can do nothing better for our children than to personally walk uh, in God's ways and basically be an illustration of Christ uh, to our family. And the scriptures I shared with you then, they're they're wonderful advice but that's not the way I want to go this morning, even though that's good advice. Today I want to direct what I'm saying to all of us, including us imperfect fathers. We admit it, right fathers, we are imperfect. Uh, Romans 3.23 reminds me that the rest of you are not perfect as well because it says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, But today I want us to focus our minds on our Heavenly Father. I cannot tell you How much that puppet and that young lady, Sarah beside gave my sermon. Thank you so much for doing that. There was such a great summary of what I want to talk about this morning. You know, the Jews in the Old Testament, they had no real concept of what God as a father was. They actually saw him as Jehovah, the transcendent God, which means the Lord God Almighty. They never thought of God in such an intimate way that they might express themselves as calling him a father. The Jews had numbers of names for God, stacks of names, dozens and dozens of them, uh, depending on what situation they were using that name in. For example, El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty. Eliana, Most High God. Excuse me if I don't quite get some of the pronunciations right. Adonai, Lord, Master. Yahweh, Lord, Jehovah. And so it goes on for once for the Lord, my banner, the Lord, my shepherd, the Lord that heals, the Lord is there and and so on. Alam the everlasting god and so i think you get the picture there's there's many many more of them so when we get to the new testament jesus arrives on the scene calling god his father and it's a totally new concept we don't we don't think about this sometimes it's a totally new concept to them in fact it angered many of the jews it certainly angered the pharisees but then again most things that jesus said angered the pharisees didn't it So for the Jews, they were familiar with all of these different words that there were for the names of God. However, for the followers of Jesus, they were about to be given a new name for God for when they prayed, and it certainly would have surprised them. And this name was revealed to them in what we call uh, the Lord's Prayer, but in in reality it's really the disciples' prayer because we have a situation, I think it describes in Mark, that they're watching Jesus pray. And after he prays, one of the disciples says, Lord, uh, can you teach us how to pray? And in Matthew, this is how it goes. You know this very well. Jesus said, yeah, I'll teach you how to pray. Listen, our Father, and I'm sure they all went, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. We also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Wow. To the disciples' surprise, he said, Our Father. When we pray, Our Father. He didn't say, Jehovah in heaven heaven hallowed be thy name he didn't say El Shaddai in heaven he didn't say Yahweh in heaven it's our father Jesus referred to God as his father over and over again in the gospel stacks and stacks of times but when Jesus talked about the father he didn't just talk about my father many many times he said our father in all the gospels And by doing this, Jesus clearly shows us that those who believe in Him share the same relationship with God in heaven than He shares Himself. Many of you know the word. The word that's used here is the word Abba. Abba, which is an Aramaic word. And that's the word that kids used to call their dad. It's more like saying, Daddy, or Hey, Dad. And so this is simply profound that the intimate word of calling Dad is what Jesus was saying that they could now call their father when they prayed. This was a real awakening. This is great news because for those who have believed in Jesus, repented and turned from their sin, the Lord God, He is your Father. And some of you are going, yeah, I know that. Well, if you've been with me the last few days, because that's where I was, the more you start to understand this, the more you start reading it like, He is my Father. This is amazing. And I've got some news for you, those who belong to Christ here today. And this may shock you a little. You are adopted. I wanted to break this to you gently, but you are adopted. I want to break it to you gently, and now with a big smile on my face, too and we understand what this means. Listen to this confirmation in Scripture. Ephesians 1.5 He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will. It was God's will that we would be adopted into his family Galatians four five seven, 7 to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons and because you are sons and daughters God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying Abba, Father, Dad so you are no longer a slave but a son and if a son then an heir through God so not only are we adopted but we share all of the inheritance this is amazing news folks amazing news John 13. But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, children not born of natural descent or of a husband's will, but born of God. Galatians 3.26 For in Christ Jesus you are all sons and daughters of God through faith. Not through works or anything we can do. Nothing to do with that. It's simply through believing in Jesus, God's Son. Romans 8, 14, 19, listen to this, this is great. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you didn't receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit, our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. This is great news for us on Father's Day to start to understand this. And then a psalm I found too, 2710, it's beautiful. For my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. The Lord will take me in. Children of the living God, grab hold of this concept, start to understand it and shout praises of joy that you are in this family and you have this father. You know, in our society when somebody's adopted, There's often like a yearning. We see shows on TV, don't we? There's a yearning that the the person wants to know who their real father is. What happened to to cause them to be given up or, or for the father, why did he abandon them as well? And I need to tell you with great confidence but also with great joy. When I was reading some of this stuff, as the days went on, Every time I read it, the smile got bigger and bigger on my face. We need to constantly remind ourselves of this thing. Can I say with joy that when we belong to Jesus, there is no doubt. There is absolutely no doubt and there is no disappointment as to who our Father is and why He adopted us when we were so lost in our sin. He came and saved us by His grace. And why did He adopt us? Well... We must have done something good. Nope. Simply because we believed in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was the sacrifice for our sin. End of story. When are we going to get it into our thick heads? Because I am so like this still that we think that we can work and do things to please God, to get into the family of God if I do this or I do that. No, by simply believing in Jesus. Now, in Bible days, it's really interesting. I learned that you were allowed to discard family members. If something happened, you could discard a family member. But you know what? If you were adopted into that family, you could not be discarded by that family. You were there for good. And what a beautiful picture that is of us. When we believe in Jesus and we are adopted into God's family, He will never, ever get rid of us. We are there in His family. Even if we do some rotten stuff and our lives are not worthy, or in our opinion, not worthy of, of Him, He will still hang on to us, because He has promised that when we're adopted, He will never, ever let us go. I love uh, when we read Colossians, this was probably my favourite verse when we, we studied that book. For He, God the Father, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have forgiveness, redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is an amazing promise. And we shouldn't be just crying out, Abba, Father, Daddy, thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. The reality is we should be screaming out to our Father, Abba, Father, will you save those who do not know you? Will you save my friends, my family who are heading to a life and an eternity without you? The reality is that Nathan or Shabu or any person here cannot save you. If you do not know Jesus, you cannot be saved by any human. You cannot be saved by anything you do, any good deeds. doesn't matter how much you collect for the Salvation Army, how many things you do in the church, whatever, you cannot be saved by that. I I could read scriptures all day long, great scriptures, but it's not going to get anybody saved. I could, if we're doing, talking Father's Day, I could read scriptures and, and, uh, yeah, and, and you might suddenly think, well, maybe if I, I listen to this, I'll become an amazing father or a mother or a child or, or a grandparent. Only it only comes, oh, sorry, only through coming before Jesus ourself, allowing His Word to penetrate our heart and being obedient to Him, that's the only time that anything can change at no other point. It's through His Spirit, it's the Spirit that does the work not man. We need to continually remember that. When I'm preparing, when we're doing things, we have to remember that it's the Spirit that's doing things. We can't save anybody. We can't talk anybody into the kingdom. We can share with them, but it's God's Spirit that does all that work. And for those that are here this morning that are hearing about Jesus for the first time, and there may be some of you, or um, you're somebody who's been coming to church for a while here, and the Spirit of God is drawing you to Himself, this morning, I really want to encourage you to respond to Him and to repent of your sin that only He is able to remove. If you're carrying stuff around in your life, I'm telling you, you will carry it with you to the grave unless you meet Jesus, unless you come to Him in repentance because He is the only one that can remove sin from your life. I have two verses for you that can change your life. If this is you, it may be again that you're hearing this for the first time or you've been a little bit confused about who Jesus is, or maybe you've been coming to this church for years, I don't know. I believe that there are people in churches that are not saved, that really do not know Christ. These verses, which are very well-known verses, are good ones for you. Well-known. John three sixteen, And some people say, yeah, I know this one. Then listen to this one. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten Son. That whosoever believes in him won't perish, but will have eternal life. That is a promise if you come to Christ. If you believe in him, you are saved, you have eternal life, and immediately you have a heavenly Father, the God of the universe. The other one is that Jesus says about himself, this is so we would know, I am the way, the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. There is no other way to get to the Father, to become part of this family but accepting Christ, repenting, turning from our sin and following him. This morning I'm so thankful that, although I don't have an earthly father and haven't had one for a long time, that because I know Jesus, I have a father and I'm confident I have a father who is El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty, Elyon, the Most High God, Adonai, Lord, Master, Yahweh. He's the Lord that heals, the Lord our righteousness and all of those other expressions. But most of all today, the expression that I am so thankful to God for is that I can turn to Him with all these other names there is and cry out, Abba, Father. You are my Father. That's the closest and the intimacy that God wants to have with us and in our lives. And because of this, it doesn't matter what situation you're in this morning whether it's a frayed relationship with your father or you're a father and there's a frayed relationship, you need to understand that if you belong to Jesus, you have been adopted into his family and nothing and nobody can take you ever out of that situation. He loves you so much that he gave his son and now you are adopted into his family even though we were not worthy of that. You know what? We need to stop trying to be a good father. We need to stop trying to be a good mother because we've got this whole thing backwards. It's not about trying to do those things. We need to simply submit our lives, children of God, submit our lives to Jesus. Again and again, bow down before Him, worship Him. He is God. He is wonderful. He is our joy. He is our salvation. We need to come personally to Jesus. We need to follow him. We need to study, believe, and follow God's word. You know, you probably heard the saying children shouldn't speak until they're spoken to. Guess what? Your father has spoken and he's waiting for you to speak now. It's a good thing. He's spoken through his word. We know what it is that he's saying to us. He's given us his spirit that lives in us. And what a joy! And what a joy and I I wish you were sitting with me and we could have chatted, I was preparing this thing because you would have got as excited as I am now. But can I encourage you, if you read the book of John, read the book of John and see how many times the word Father comes up in there. It's remarkable. Link to this Father who loves you. He wants to hear from you. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We treat you with awe and respect before you, because you are the eternal God. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, Lord. Forgive us for our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You are powerful Lord, you are mighty, and you love us with a love that never ends. Love so great that you sent your only son to come and save us from our sin. Lord, we cry out, Abba, Father. We are grateful this morning as your people and say thank you for adopting us and never letting us go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.